I've been in trouble lots of times. And I have a feeling that there are some people in this room who are in trouble today. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of trouble that causes you to have detention or gets you grounded. Let me tell you the kind of trouble I'm talking about, okay? I think it's easy, to, it's easy for you to understand where we're going if I, can, if I can put you in the seat of an airplane and paint a picture for you. There was a photographer who was commissioned to take photographs of a forest fire. And he went to the location. He was working for a television station. He went to the location, and he's got his camera. And the smoke is so bad, he can't get any good shots. So he calls back to the base, and he says, guys, I, I can't get any good shots here. And they said, well, well, we'll we'll get you a plane. Go down to the airport. We'll have a plane there waiting for you. We'll get him to fly you over. And he said, okay. So he goes to the, the airport. There's a plane sitting there on the runway running. So he gets his equipment, jumps in the plane, says, let's go. And the pilot spins that thing around, down the runway, up into the sky. There they go. And they get up in the air. And the pilot says, where are we going? And the photographer says, well, fly over the, over the fire. You know, that big forest fire. He said, I want you to go there, fly over that. He said, get down low, go around about, let's circle three or four times. And he says, well, why are we going to do that? He said, well, I'm a photographer, and I'm going to take pictures. And it got real quiet in the plane for a minute, and the pilot looked at him. He said, you mean you're not the flight instructor? That kind of trouble. The kind of trouble that if this goes like it looks like it could, at the very least, this is going to change somebody's life in a drastic way, and maybe not a good one. That kind of trouble... I'm talking today about the kind of trouble that causes people to panic. The kind of trouble that causes people to go into severe depression. I'm talking about the kind of trouble that even causes some people to consider suicide. The kind of trouble that when you get in, you're so desperate and so dark that you think to yourself, there's absolutely no way out of this. It can't get better. I'm talking about that kind of trouble today. And you say, Pastor, you think there's people like that here today? Oh, there were several of them in this first service. They lined up across the front of this place, broken, struggling, hurting. The kind of people that can relate to the character that our text is about today, King David. King David was always in trouble. You ever read his life? This guy went from one mess to another. Now, he was, he was a man after God's heart. He loved the Lord, but he just, I, some of them were mistakes. Some of them just blatant out sin. Some of them just terrible, premeditated sin. But he's always in trouble. He's got, fortunately, had people around and pointed out. Nathan the prophet said, you're the man. He said, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm sorry. And he repents. And, and Psalm is filled with those songs and prayers of David, either asking for help or repenting for sin or something that has happened as a result of his troubles. And so David wrote in Psalms 118. I wish you'd turn there with me. I'm reading from God's Word translation today, starting in verse 5. He writes about that kind of trouble that I want to address for the next few minutes. He said, during times of trouble, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and he set me free from all of them. The Lord's on my side. I'm not afraid. What can mortals do to me? Well, he knew. What can mortals do to him? He's been in battle. He's, he's fought lions and bears and giants how many times have 
People been after him. Even the king tried to kill him. I mean, this guy's been in trouble. And he says, I'm not afraid. What can mortals do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I will see the defeat of those who hate me. Looking back at verse 5 where it says, during times of trouble. I wanted to stop right there for a second. Just kind of drill down there for a minute. The word trouble there equals distress or pain. Or here's a strange description of how that word translates. It means a tight place. And that would make sense to those of you who are carrying the translation with you this morning that, that in the next verse or, or in that, that same verse at the latter part of the verse where, where what I read said the Lord answered me and set me free from all of them. The translation you're reading says he set me in an open place. And that open place doesn't make sense unless you understand the translation of the word trouble. He, David was saying when I was in a tight place, God put me in an open place. Has anybody ever been in a tight place? And God made a way to put you in an open place. Isn't it a whole lot more fun to be in an open place than it is a tight place? And that's a promise that God is making. I want you to remember today how good God is. I want you to remember how much he loves you, how much he cares about you. I want you to know that he hears you and he answers your prayers. And so I'm going to point you to four Four truths based on the verses that I read you. I wish you would get your pen or your phone or have it is that you take notes. I wish you would write this down. If you are in trouble, then here's what you need to know. If you're in trouble, call out to God and four things God promises he will do if you do that. If you call out to God, number one, God says, I will answer you. Now, that's an amazing promise right there. The God of the universe says to little old you, if you get in a tight place, call out to me and I will answer you. Why in the world wouldn't everybody take advantage of that promise? Why wouldn't anybody let that get by without utilizing that every time they find themselves in trouble or in a tight spot? This is an incredible promise from God. He says, go ahead and call out to him. Now, here's what that means. That means you can pray. You could talk. You cry. You could scream. You can yell. Whatever you feel that you need to do to communicate to God is fine to do. It's not going to hurt his feelings. It's not going to frighten him. It's not going to change his opinion of you. Why? Because he made you. He knows how you move. He knows how you think. He knows how you are emotionally. Some of us, we don't make a lot of noise. Slam our hand in the car door, we won't make a whole lot of noise. We'll think some terrible thoughts. I've said before, whenever I do that, I don't cuss, but where I spit, the grass dies. It's that kind of a thing. You know what I'm saying? But some people are just very much more emotional and they need to make more noise. And so I've heard some people are afraid of the way that they talk to God. They're like, I'm afraid to scream and cry. It might upset him or he might strike me with lightning. And I'm saying that you're not going to offend God. Now, here's one thing you need to keep in mind with your prayer. I would advise that you talk to him with respect. That you would treat him as the the creature, the being that he is, the God that he is. Because here's what you need to understand about God. And this is what this promise is all about. He says when you're in a bad spot, you can scream, cry, holler, yell, whatever you want to do. But remember, 
I'm not the one that did it to you. And I'm the guy that's going to bring you out. So you don't want to get mad at him and tell him it's his fault. There's been a lot of times I've prayed prayers and I've said, God, I'm flat mad. Have you ever done that? God, I'm just mad. I'm just upset. I can't help it. I'm mad. I don't like it. I want it changed. Anybody ever prayed those kind of prayers? Look at some of David's prayer. David, go beyond that. He said, kill every one of them. I mean, God, some of David's prayers, God can't answer. Like God, God listens, but, you know, God answers yes, no, or maybe. For David, some of the prayers had to be no, but he answered every time. For me, I've prayed some of those kind of prayers. I've prayed some prayers. You pray prayers when you're angry, when you're hurting. Am I right? But none of them affect or offend God depending upon the way that you bring them to him. You just need to understand his promise to you is that if you will call out to him, however that is you want to do it, he will answer every single time. That's an amazing promise. Why in the world would we not, as I said, take advantage of a promise like that that's made to us from God? Now, life's going to happen. Going to happen to all of us. Just because you gave your life to Christ doesn't mean that that everything's going to be okay because I'm going to promise you right now things are not going to be okay. Somebody say amen. Something in your life is not going to be okay. But God didn't promise that if you came to him that he would answer you and deliver you from all of life. God said he would answer you and help you and be with you through everything that came at you through life. Many of us spend our lives trying to pray away things that either weren't ever going to happen or things that were. Either way, we might as well have just trusted in the Lord. Sometimes things happen that you pray against. Sometimes things don't happen that you pray for. The problem is not that you, that you, you shouldn't walk away from that and say, well, there's no need me praying anymore. There's no reason for me to even talk to God about it. You continue to bring those things to the Lord because he loves you and he wants to answer. He's with you in this is what he's trying to tell you. That he knows what's right and wrong, what's best, and whether this is going to be something he grants or doesn't, or something that happens or doesn't, God still wants you to know that he's with you in it. So he says, call out to me in life because life will happen. The scripture said it will rain on the just and the unjust. Call out to me and I will hear you and I will answer you every single time. And then he promised this. God said, I will set you free. That's what David said in his prayer. He said, I call out to God. He answers me and he sets me free. He puts me in an open place. It means liberty and space to move around. Frederick Douglass made a statement. He said, those who profess to favor freedom and yet depreciate agitation are men who want rain without thunder and lightning. You say, what does that mean? Well, if you're in a tight place this morning, here's what that means. Until you've been put in a tight place, you can't appreciate an open one. That's what that means. You're in trouble. Call out. He will answer and he will set you free. Now, does that mean he will set you free from everything that you're asking help for? Well, yes, but it's like this illustration of a, of a person that you love very dearly and they've been praying because of an illness, something that they struggle with all their life, some kind of a, of a malady or an illness or something in their life and they struggle and they pray and, and you pray with them and they never get healed, right? And then they die and go to heaven and you're like, well, God didn't answer our prayer or God said no. No, wait a minute. Maybe that was God's way of setting that person free. What? Hey, what? 
If you could interview that individual now on the other side and you say, what do you think about that hip you had a problem with? And your grandma would say, what hip? You know, grandma, the one that you always, we always prayed for. And you know, oh, she said, oh, that hip. Well, she said, that hip was the one that kept me close to Jesus. That hip is the one that taught me character and gave me strength. That is the hip that caused me to have great faith. That's the hip that made me the person that I was. That hip is the one that set me free from myself. Huh. Oh, so you're not worried and angry about it now? Oh, no. The struggles and the trials that you go through sometimes that you don't like and want are the very things that are going to somehow set you free later on in life and let you be who you're supposed to be. David still had to fight giants. David still had to fight battles. David still had to deal with Absalom and problems with his family. David still had to go through all the stuff with Bathsheba and the child dying, all those things that happened. David still had to go through it. But God had a way of setting him free through the midst of all those things he went through. Number three, God will take your side. That's what David said. God takes my side. You need to understand something about David. David had friends. David had allies. He had lots of them. I'm telling you, you read the story of David when David goes away and he tries to, he's feeling sorry for himself. He tries to go hide out. Remember what happened? People, people heard where he was and they came to him and said, hey, David, we want to be on your team. You remember that? Everywhere David went, there was something about him. There was a calling. There was an anointing about him. Even though he, he had a lot of problems and he did a lot of things, there was still something. There was a heart in him that, that always was repentant and always came back to the Lord. And, and everywhere he went, people were drawn to him. So David was not just alone. Even though you read his prayers, you say, wow, it sounds like David was a lonely guy. David's not alone. David has allies. David has friends. David has people around him. So what is he saying here? He's saying that none of them were like the Lord. It's nice to have family and friends praying for you, but it's a whole lot better to have the one they're praying to working on your behalf. Am I right? So even as much as I want you to like me, I want you to like me and I want to like you, but I'll tell you one thing. I need God with me a whole lot more than I need you with me. Amen? And you're the same way. This is what matters. I want God on my side more than I want anybody else on my side. And, and, and I need to, some, sometimes we just make a mistake. We, we, we try to, when we're trying to communicate to each other in, time of, in a time of need, men to women, women to men, sometimes you need that individual just to listen and take your side. And what do we do? As guys, what do we do? Well, guys have a tendency, we're going to fix it. If our, our wife is needing to talk, she don't expect him to fix it. She just wanting to share. But he's like, we got to fix this. And so it can end up causing more problems than before. Am I right? She's saying, then they get, in, they get into this big argument, this big fight. Because he's trying to fix it. She didn't want him to fix it. She just wanted to tell him about it. He didn't want to hear about it. And she, he wants to fix it so we can move on. And then there, therein creates this. Am I right? Sometimes all we need is to just know that we have God's ear. And that he's on our side. No matter what's going on, God is still on my side. And number four, it says God will give you the victory. That means our enemies are going to be overthrown. They're going to be subdued. That's an awesome promise. It means if God is on my side, there's no, there's no devil, there's no demon in hell. There's nothing that 
can come against me. And there's no sickness or sorrow or, or even death. Nothing can happen. You say, well, even in death I win. And you say, well, wait a minute. What about our, our brothers and sisters who are being slaughtered by the terrorists? Right now, there's Christians that are dying for their faith. Man, there's thousands of them that are dying for their faith. They didn't do anything different than just be a Christian like you. And they're dying for their faith all over the world. You say, well, what about that there? Where's God at there? I'm going to say to you, God is right there with them. In fact, terrorists aren't winning that fight. You say, well, they're destroying them. They're killing them. They're destroying an earthly body. They're destroying a physical body. But the minute our Christian brothers and sisters give up the ghost and die, the very next second they wake up in the presence of the Lord and they are being given crowns of life and rewards, things to throw at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to tell you one second in, there's not one of them that would come back. Why is that? Because even in death, the devil can't defeat us. Even at the most horrible, horrific circumstances that we would think of on this plane, they can't touch the glory of where we're going. I want you to hear this statement. I I want you to listen. Wake everybody up and listen to this statement because you need to hear this. If you belong to Jesus, then you belong to Jesus. There's property. Nothing's going to happen to you that he will not allow. It's the greatest insurance policy in the world. Greatest life insurance policy. Any kind of insurance policy in the world is being a child of God. He's in control of your life. Whether you live or you die here doesn't make a bit of difference because it's just going to get better. If it's not here, the next place is better. There's nothing that the enemy can do to us, even death. And David said... I will get the victory. And, the, and the, the second good part about the promise is that, are you listening? He said, I will get the victory and I will get to see the defeat of my enemy. I like that, don't you? Now, I'm not talking about the person that did you wrong. I'm not, if, you're, if it brings you joy right now to think of somebody that's really mean going to hell, then we need to pray for you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someday that enemy and all those hordes of demons that have given you so much trouble, they're going to hell. And you get to watch. You're going to watch. You're going to get to see every terrible thing that ever happened. You're going to get to see all of that thrown into a pit of fire. Over and done. I want you to imagine a picture with me. Imagine a city. And all of us are inside that city. Can you see it? City with high walls. But on the other side of the wall, there's a vicious enemy. Thousands and thousands of warriors have amassed around the walls of our city. There's not a space anywhere between them to escape. There's so many of them, they look like ants outside our city. Everywhere we look, we can see this devastation, this enemy that wants to come in and annihilate us. They won't let anybody in. They won't let anybody out. And all of our supplies are diminished. We're running low low on food and water. 
We can't stay in here much longer. We're about to be overrun. Something doesn't change pretty soon. We're in what? Bad trouble. We're in a tight place. We're distressed. This is a painful place to be. And one night, somehow, a spy from our side finds a way to get through the enemy to the city and inside with us. He brings us good news and he says, here's something that you guys need to know. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't lose hope for this reason. A long way from here, where the enemy headquarters are at, way over there where, the, where most of the forces are amassed and all of their supplies and their, and, and their instruments of war are all in one place, over there, our side have attacked and won. Great. Here's what you guys need to know. The ones that are surrounding us right now haven't received word yet that they've already been defeated. But our guys are headed this way. And when they get here, they're going to whip those guys and they're going to have to lay down. Oh, oh some of y'all are way ahead of me, aren't you? They're going to have to lay down their weapons because they're already defeated and they just don't know it. To the person in this room who says, I'm in trouble today, pastor. I'm about ready to throw up the white flag. I'm about ready to quit. I can't go like this anymore. I've just been beat. I, I, I gotta, I'm just ready to go. I would say to you, hang on a minute. At the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. You thought that just meant he was giving up his life, giving up the ghost, right? When Jesus said it's finished, he was saying it is finished with this earthly body. He was also saying it is finished, the work that I sent to the, was sent to the earth to do. He was also saying the war is finished. I win. Thank you very much. Hence, last week's celebration of the tomb, the empty tomb, the ascension, and the sitting at the right hand of power of the Father. The word being this, maybe you are encompassed by an enemy today who seems bent on your destruction. But the problem is that enemy just has not yet received the word that he's already been defeated at the cross. So you can win if you just won't quit. In fact, you've already won. The battle's already over. The victory's already been won. You're already a victor. Just don't Quit. Mm. Call out to the Lord. What's the promises? He will hear you. He will set you free. He will take your side. He will give you the victory. Man, what a better promise than that, huh? If I'm you, I'm marking that scripture. I'm dog ear in that page. I'm reminding myself, putting my pen or a, a bookmark or something in there because I don't want to lose this spot. This is the spot that I go to when I'm in trouble. And I'm reminded that I've already won. I'm going to ask Neil if he'll come. I want him to lead us in a song. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the trouble that is in your life. 
it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to respond to when you're when you're when you're in trouble and you're so down you're so low the last thing you want to do is get up in front of people <laughs> and i know that the hardest thing that you did this morning was making yourself come to church if you're really in trouble all you wanted to do was just roll over and try to go back to sleep in hopes that it would somehow go away but the enemy is not going to allow that is he He's going to have to wake up sometime and he's always going to be there. You know what the enemy's ploy is? See, everybody on the devil's team is working real hard. I'm not so sure they know they're whipped, but the devil does. So every time he figures out that God has a plan for a person's life, he then sets about to distract that person so that they will not accomplish that plan. Right? Sometimes, if you're called, if you have a calling of God upon your life, the devil will distract you any way he can to keep you from accomplishing that call or that purpose. So, first, maybe he'll attack your relationships. Eventually, you'll get the victory of that. You'll say, okay, now let's go do the ministry. Then here he comes against your finances. And eventually you get ahead of that. You say, okay, now let's go do that, what God called me to do. And then here he comes against your finances. Health. Or right in the middle of it, you lose your job. Or or right when you really get fired up and you decide, okay, now I'm going to do it. Somebody walks in and says, I'm leaving. Something devastating. Just something enough to keep you distracted or depressed enough that you won't try to accomplish God's will for your life. When you've been in that place long enough and beat down long enough until you've been through family, money, health, years of your life have gone by fighting these devils. And it looks like you're never going to be able to ever win enough to accomplish then comes that point in your life where you say, man, I'm just really tired. I don't even think I want to do this anymore. Oh, the devil loves that day that you're talking about ending it. He's like, oh, this is awesome. They're so far down that they're never going to do what they were called to do. And they're going to take themselves completely out of the battle. This is great. This is what days like today are about. God's way of reminding you on these days. Raise the white flag. Don't throw in. Don't quit. Don't give up. This thing's already decided. Well, what do I do, Pastor? Man, I'm try every time I try, what you said happens. Every time I try. I'm saying there it is. Call out to Jesus. Just call out to Jesus. What's he gonna do? He's gonna answer. He's gonna take you out of a tight spot, put you in a He's going to take your side. He's going to give you victory. He's going to ensure the fact that you can continue with the thing he called you to do. Ain't God good? Huh? I want you to stand to your feet. The word and the promise of God is yours. Do whatever you want with it. to ask that you would choose this morning rest 
Doesn't that sound like a good idea? I'm going to ask you to choose life. Rest. Strength. New zeal. Choose that. Here's what you need if you're in trouble today. You need to call out to Jesus. And then you just need to be refilled with his spirit. You just need to be plugged into the outlet so that you can just be refilled and refueled. You need that that thing that's buried down deep in there, that, that purpose that God gave you that get, you get so excited about, that you gave up on. You need that to come back to life. Paul said, Timothy, stir up that gift. Keep that gift stirred up, man. Devil's going to try to put that down, but keep it stirred up. Today, God wants to stir up the gift in somebody. Today, God wants to give somebody rest. Today, God wants to refill someone with his spirit. So I'm asking you to do what I asked them to do earlier. All of you in the congregation, I'm asking you to make a decision for me right now. That if someone around you moves for the altar because they're in trouble, would you ensure that they don't come along? I want to set that before we go any further. I want to make sure that not one person comes up here that somebody don't come with them. Can we have an agreement? That if somebody's in this room and they're so discouraged, they're so depressed, that they finally figure out a way to get one foot in front of the other. Because it's the last thing in the world they ever want to do is get out right now and come to an altar. But they know they need to. And if they have enough about them to get one foot out and to actually come, let's not make them come alone. Can we have a deal today? Would you make a promise to me that if somebody around you steps out and looks like they're going to move, jump out and run down here with them and pray with them. Pray them through to victory. And we're going to believe that the Holy Ghost is just going to come across this place and open up clouds and begin to dump down the Holy Spirit rain in this place today to refresh and renew and refill and refire his church. We got a deal? Now, every one of you that are in trouble, you know who you are. You're not going to be by yourself. You need this. You need this. Don't go home. Don't take it with you. Don't just go sit down. Step out and come down here right now. Somebody's coming with you. Come on, you're in trouble. I know you're here. I could call a few of you out right now. Come on. You're in trouble? Break. Come on. Look at him. We're coming in pairs. We're coming in pairs because we're not going to be alone. Somebody's coming with us. Come on. Who's in trouble? Who needs to pray? Come on. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. Come on. God sent you here today. God sent you here today to hear the word of the Lord. That's why you're here. He knew you needed to hear the word. He knew you needed to hear hope. Amen. Who else? Anybody else coming? Anybody else? In this song, during this song, all of those of you that are gathered around here, 
during this song, I want you just to, in your way, whatever is your way, call out to Jesus. Remember, he's going to answer. He's going to open it up. He's going to take your side. He's going to give you victory. But I want you to call out to Jesus. And I want you to tell him what's breaking your heart. And then I want you at some point, when you can, when you get free, and you will, I want you to lift your hands and worship him and just drink in the Holy Ghost that is about to be poured out on this place. It's about to happen. Everybody in this room is praying. All of you that will, I want you to be praying. You, you, you can extend, extend your hand this way. Whatever you want to do, be praying with us. Neil's going to lead us in the song. And I want all of you just to call out to Jesus. And then get ready to receive the rain that is coming. Amen.